Hello everyone, I'm Frank Garza with Lean Startup Company, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to the show. Today's topic is helping business owners find loans, the startup story of Lendio. And moderating the discussion is our own Lean Startup Company faculty lead, Marilyn Gorman. Our guest is founder and CEO of Lendio, Brock Blake. And with that, I'll hand things off to Marilyn. Well, Brock Blake from Lendio, thank you so much for joining me today for this webcast. Your company is such an interesting one in terms of the perspective it takes and the market that it focuses on. Can you talk a little bit, first of all, about what the mission of your company is? Yeah, thank you, Marilyn, for having me. Excited to be with you today. Uh, at Lendio, we <clears throat> are focused on helping small business owners across the United States get access to capital. We call it fueling the American dream because you have millions of small business owners out there that have a vision, a goal, a dream to expand their business, to open a new location, to hire employees, to, um, and, and usually the challenge that they have to, to, from accomplishing that goal is getting capital. They need a loan. They need $50,000 or $100,000. And they might go to their bank to, uh, you know, apply for a loan and get declined. Um, so what we have done is we've aggregated 75 lenders onto our platform and, and provide a one-stop shop for that business owner to come online, comparison shop, multiple loan options, and get, a <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> get access to the capital that they need. Now, I understand, please correct me if I'm wrong, this idea first came to you back when you were studying at Brigham Uni University. Can you talk a little bit about even how you came up with this idea? What was that vision all about? Well, when I first started, I was at BYU and I was studying finance and playing soccer there. And, and uh, I actually did an entrepreneurial competition uh, where it was kind of like the TV show, The Apprentice, if you remember that, uh, you know, without, without Donald Trump saying you're fired, <laughs> but then all the glitz and glamour. But we had 100 entrepreneurs uh, they, they, that applied, 20 were selected, and the 20 of us went through an eight-week boot camp competition. And at the end of the eight weeks, five were selected and were given $50,000 to go start a business. So I was one of those winners and I could go buy a business. I could go start a business. I could do whatever I wanted with that 50,000. And, and as I was out talking to business owners and trying to learn about, you know, being an entrepreneur, what is it like? The common thread that I kept hearing over and over and over again was we need capital. Um, you know, I've got this, this idea, but I don't have the capital to make it happen. So actually the first, the, this is my second iteration because the first iteration that we started was a company called funding universe. And we are connecting entrepreneurs to angel investors and VCs, uh, kind of like shark tank. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we would, we, we started doing that and we realized most businesses in the U S are not your high tech, you know, high flying Facebooks and Twitter and, and, you know, Uber and all these uh, that are going to actually raise money from an angel or VC. Most businesses are main street businesses. They're restaurant owners and retail shops and landscapers and construction companies. And those businesses need a loan. They need 25,000, 50,000, a hundred thousand. So, 
it wasn't until uh, you know a few years later where we transitioned from funding universe in the equity side to actually helping them get a loan on the debt side, mm-hmm. and we launched Lendio in 2011. And you, uh, I know you said, so you, fantastic, you won this competition or was one of the five winners. You had $50,000. What was it about small business owners? How did you even choose that particular segment of the population to create a business around rather than something else? Yeah, um, I think it was, it was just because I was doing so much research about just being a business owner. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I was, I was, I was about to enter that phase. I had $50,000 and it was like, okay, if I'm going to be successful, I want to go talk to all these people that are running businesses and I want to learn. And I, you know, I want to learn about, I almost bought a, uh, a, uh, an ice cream franchise and I almost <laughs> started a, a calendaring business and I almost started, you know, there are all these different businesses that I looked at and I was evaluating, yeah. um, just because I was looking, trying to figure out what I was going to do. And, and I realized in doing that research for myself mm-hmm. that this was a big market, a big opportunity and a big pain mm-hmm. uh, that I thought we could solve. Yeah. You know, I love that because so often people get fixated on one idea, like I want to run that ice cream business and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that that's the track I follow. But in your case, it sounded like you were smart enough to open yourself up and and look at a whole different landscape, not fall in love with just the first idea that you had, but you know, open to kind of getting enough data to maybe give you a completely different perspective. Yeah. I, and, you know, I, I will say that, you know, when I was at BYU, I studied a class called Financing New Ventures. Ah. Um, and it was, it became quickly one of my favorite classes. And I ended up being <laughs> a T, the, T, the TA of that class, you know. And wow. so it was something that I already started to learn about and study. And, mm-hmm. and when I was out actually talking to customers and they were validating a bunch of the pain points that I'd learned about in school, I I was like, this is a really big market and a great opportunity. Yeah, fantastic. Well, given that most people feel like innovation accounting for startup projects is one of the most boring areas you can focus on, and yet one of the most important areas you can focus on, I'm really thrilled to meet somebody who was excited by it. I guess I'm a nerd that way. (laughs) No, that's a good thing. We need lots of nerds. So can you talk a little bit about um, how you have brought some of the lean startup or the innovation ideas, not only that you've learned at, at BYU, but also just through running this business. How do you bring that into your organization? How do your employees and your customers feel this, um, I, I don't know, for lack of a better word, this innovation environment in their work? That, you know, that philosophy has been has made such an impact on who I am as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea of that we're going to start with an MVP okay. um, and we're not going to spend a lot of money, time, energy, and resources, but we're going to, we have a hypothesis. We're going to start small and then we're going to go validate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to go and validate it with customers and we're going to, mm-hmm. or, and, and that, those customers may be external customers. Sure. They also may be internal customers there you know there might be internal stakeholders um but we're going to go validate it uh with the the um 
And then once we have validation around, only when we have validation around it, do we start to actually put capital towards it and resources towards it to make it grow. So that like this concept of nail it and scale it has changed how I think about business. It's changed the way I think about innovation. It's had an enormous impact on our business. Uh, and there's been, um, you know, and I, and I like to, th you know, I'm, I'm an idea guy and mm -hmm. I, and, and, you know, we have, and I, I like to look kind of forward thinking and, and some of the ideas, you know, turn out to be great. And some of the ideas turn out to be horrible. And, and that's the beauty of the lean startup mentality is that you can take a concept, validate it quickly without investing a huge amount of resources into it. Yeah. Wow. So, can you talk a little bit about how you yourself found your own funding beyond that 50K initial seed money that you had? I understand you've been on several rounds of funding since 2011, and it's not always been the, the wonderful ride that maybe you wanted. Can you talk a little bit about some of your own challenges? Yeah. So fundraising on the equity side is... <laughs> Uh, it's an experience. Um, <laughs> I sense you're being <laughs> to very say the tactful. least. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've, 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 we've been fortunate where we've, um, the business is very healthy and growing nearly 100% year over year. We've raised, you know, just under $50 million of equity capital. Um, but during that time frame, you know, we've had scenarios where we've had uh, three times where you know we we're trying to raise money and the deal fell through mm -hmm. um we've had scenarios where uh, you know two times where i thought the deal was going to fall through and uh had to had to get on a plane and kind of last second you know fly across the country to meet with partners and and different things and and um you know so you learn that uh you <laughs> There's so much I could talk about fundraising process in general, but the, the most important thing you learn is first off, you have to have um, you have to have traction, you have to have product market fit. You know, you need to be able to validate that your customers love your product. Mm -hmm. You know, they have re there's maybe repeat customers or really positive reviews, um, and you have to be able to show that not only that product market fit, but the business is scaling. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have to realize that fundraising is kind of like sales. I mean, you, you pitch, mm -hmm. you get a list of 50 investors and you pitch 50 and to get 25 that are interested that start to do some work to get 10 that are going to do a lot of diligence and maybe mm -hmm. come visit your team and, and, and maybe, you know, three to five that give you a term sheet and one that, you sign the term sheet with and, and, and then hopefully when you sign a term sheet, it still funds. But sometimes even then the deal isn't done until the money's wired and the, 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 the final closing docs are signed. And so it's a process. Um, and you realize you are, you are signing up to bring on a new partner. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so it's just important to go into that process with your eyes wide open, know exactly what you're getting yourself into. But for us, We've been very fortunate. We have great investors that have turned into, you know, valuable board members. It's not, they're not just money. They're adding a lot of value. They've made me a better entrepreneur and a better CEO. Um, and, you know, we're, we're excited about, uh, you know, how their capital has helped us to grow the business. 
When you, when you say that they've made you a better uh, CEO and a better business person, what is it that specifically that, that has added value for you by, by working with those um, lenders or those um, investors rather? Uh, well, first off, every time you raise money, you're raising the bar of expectations. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, you realize you're going to go out and you're going to raise money and, and they're looking for you to grow the business five or 10 X. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, when, when you do that, now you're setting your sights a lot higher and you're, and you're, and it's a, a forcing you to think big, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and to, um, uh, to hit ambitious goals. Uh, so that's, that's first. Uh, second, they, they have a high expectation of your leadership, um, mm -hmm. the talent that you're going to bring on, how you, how you solve challenges. Every business is going to go through ups and downs and you're going to mm -hmm. have challenges. Um, and so, you know, they, they've been helpful in that they have a lot of portfolio companies that maybe have been through similar challenges. And so mm -hmm. when bad news happens, a lot of times people have the, the, the human nature to hide the bad things under the rug. Um, mm -hmm. What I've learned is that as soon as something bad happens, the first thing I want to do is reach out to my board or our investors and say, hey, here's what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, I want to make you aware. And because usually if they're involved in solving the problem, mm -hmm. now it's a different relationship. They can say, hey, I've seen this has happened to two of my other companies. This is what they did. Here's maybe some advice or, hey, I can help out by doing X, Y, or Z. Um, and so they, uh, the, the combination of that ambitious goals that you, are, you, you feel very committed to hitting and then their advice and feedback uh, have really helped me to become a better entrepreneur. I love that. I think that, and thank you for sharing that and, and articulating it so clearly. A lot of times when we work with enterprises, organizations, the, the government, we talk about this accountability, that we yeah. try to hold our entrepreneurs accountable. But we don't often talk about this idea of investors, for example, holding the CEO or the senior leadership team accountable. It always seems to be, no, 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 it's the employees at the front line that need to be held accountable. But at, by the same token, how do you hold your employees accountable for the vision that you've created around being an entrepreneurial lender? Yeah, so we, um, we've really embraced, uh, there's a book called The Four Disciplines of Execution mm -hmm. uh, that talk about accountability and scorecards and uh, and, and, and it just, a, it's a, it's a way of doing business. Mm -hmm. Um, it's an operational cadence. Um, yeah. and so, you know, for me, it is, I want to, I want to communicate the vision. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to hire people that are so passionate about what they do that they're thinking about on nights and weekends. And, and that means they're going to be good at it. Mm -hmm. Then I want to give them the resources and get out of the way. <laughs> um, and, and then, and then have a reg and make sure that they, they have a scorecard. So they know exactly every single day, are they winning or losing? Mm -hmm. And then have regularly scheduled moments of accountability. Mm -hmm. So with my direct team, my, my C team, C suite, we have weekly, um, one-on-ones with the next layer, which is the executive team. We have monthly accountability sessions at the end of every they come in, 
for a 15-minute session talking about here are the three things I wanted to accomplish last month, here's what happened, and then here are the three things that I'm looking forward to do in the next month. And so we've, it's built into the way we do business now that um, we welcome accountability. We, we're excited about it. And if we don't hit our goal, that's okay. We, I mean, we want to hit our goals all the time, but sometimes you don't. And sometimes you miss and you have to regroup and you have to, and we're not going to shy away from that. Let's assess what went wrong, not, you know, fell fast, not make mistakes again, and then go back at it. Uh, yeah. So. It sounds very much like you're bringing that learning philosophy in there as well. We don't learn without failing. And to your point, there are times where things don't go the way we expected them to go. So what can we learn from that? So, yeah. so thinking about learning, I'd also like to just chat a bit about what you learned from your customers. When I uh, looked at your website, I was really impressed with some of the I'll call them core features, let's say, of Lendio that you have on your website, the ability to apply in just 15 minutes that you can choose from 75 or more lenders, that you can get funded fast, will help you through the process. We're here for the life of your business. A lot of times entrepreneurs over-engineer, trying to build something that will be perfect for everybody. How did you decide what were the most important elements of what you wanted to offer your customers. And what did you let go of? What did you get rid of? If you can remember that as well. Yeah, you know, there was a time in our business where we, you're trying to be everything to everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, you're trying to make everyone happy. And, and um, you know, the, the game changing moment for us, we, we had, and I can't take any credit for this. Uh, <laughs> I have a great team. Uh, I had a head of product and two individuals in our, on our product team that went out and did a very in-depth customer uh, analysis mm -hmm. where we had customers that had come and used us and they went out to about a hundred business owners and got both quantitative and quali uh, qualitative feedback from them around what is it that you want out of an experience? When you're trying to get a loan, what's most important to you? Mm -hmm. And and we got all of this data and comments and we recorded the interviews and it was just this fascinating process. And what came out of that were three things that were most important. Options. When a business owner comes to us, they want to be able to see what options they have available to them. Mm -hmm. So they have choice. Mm -hmm. Second is speed. When the business owner, they are juggling so many different balls in the air and wearing 10 different hats at all times. I mean, every, it's just, they're just so busy. They don't have time for this to be a long drawn out process. And so speed was critically important to them. And then third was trust. They wanted to be able to, to that, you know, there's, there's, there's some players in the industry that are kind of the underbelly that, that, that are fly by night, that, that don't have a great brand or reputation and try and take advantage. And, and business owners said, I want to be able to know I can trust you mm -hmm. and and those three principles are we have built everything around that mm -hmm. we're going to offer options we're going to offer speed and we're going to make it a trusted experience that they can they they know that we're doing right by the customer um and and so and 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 so that's the first thing and the, the second thing i would just say is that we talk about our customers a lot uh, we start every company meeting with 
customer stories. We even will have customers come in and tell their stories, you know, on, on via phone or video or in person. Um, and we talk about this fueling the American dream. All we're doing at the end of the day is helping a business owner. Sure. And we're, we don't want to overcomplicate it. You're, you're helping them to get capital. That's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, so anyways, those are some of the things I get pretty excited about it. So I'll, I'll pause there because I don't <laughs> want to get too far down the road. Well, I love it. And I think, uh, again, you, you were so smart in how you focused on just the three most critical things. Again, rather than trying to solve everything for everybody, which, which can drive people crazy and really dilute your value to your market yep. segment. I think you've had some pivots along the way, though. Can you talk a little bit about funding Utah? I think. Yeah, yeah, we've had, uh, you know, I think that's half the battle of being an entrepreneur is that <laughs> some days you just got to fight to live another day. Mm -hmm. um, and we've been through that. We've had scenarios where, you know, we couldn't make payroll. We've had scenarios where I, you know, I thought we, who knows, the funding fell through. We weren't quite sure if we were going to make it the next day. You know, we've had all these different near-death experiences. The one you were talking, the pivot that you were talking about was what I kind of referenced earlier. When we mm -hmm. first started the business, Funding Utah, funding, and we changed the Funding Universe was connecting entrepreneurs to investors. Mm -hmm. um, and the reality is, is only about one or two percent of entrepreneurs are going to raise money from investors. Mm -hmm. And it's not great to have a business where 98% of your customers you're turning away because they, they're not going to raise money. Um, and so that pivot for us was to be able to say, okay, instead of focusing on equity, it is a small niche segment. Let's focus on the 98%. Let's focus on these main street business owners. And, but it was painful. We, we went from, when I, we built up Funding Universe, we, we were at it for uh, about five years. Mm -hmm. We were about a $10 million business. So we were about generating about a million dollars a month in revenue. And in 2011, we went from million dollars a month in revenue to f February 2011, zero overnight. <laughs> and it was painful. Uh, I mean, you try and plan for that and you try and, you know, all these things to try and, you know, make sure that everything works out because we went from 75 employees down to eight. Um, but it was, it was, it was even way more painful than you can imagine. Um, but we had conviction that Lendio and this loan business would, would, would have much greater upside and a better opportunity for us. Yeah. And I suspect that having had that experience, it makes you even more conscious of the responsibilities you have to your current company, to your employees, to your investors, to the businesses that you support. So what does growth look like for Lendio then? Where, where are you going to expand or how are you going to continue to experiment with new products and services? Yeah, so one of the things I'm most excited about uh, is a new product that we just we just acquired a company, um, and by the time this podcast uh, is live and out, we will have announced it. So it's like this will be about <laughs> my first time actually talking about it in public. Gosh. Um, so we identified a segment of our customers that was kind of the startup segment, and then we started surveying them and asking them questions about what are the products and services you need that uh, and we found out that about 70% of those startups 
uh, did not have any accounting or bookkeeping or cash flow tools. Mm. They didn't really love the idea of QuickBooks because you have to be an accountant to use it. It's really, you know, it's heavy, it's complex, you know, and, and, uh, and so, you know, uh, the idea of a light tool that helps me manage my cash every day, helps me forecast, helps me send out invoices and collect and, and so we went out and made an acquisition of a technology to be able to do that. Um, and we just launched that. Uh, it's called Sunrise, uh, the technology. And basically, it's, it's free. Uh, we're giving it away free to every business owner that signs up. And then we have uh, the ability, if they want to add a bookkeeper to do their monthly financials and their reconciliations each month, they can upgrade uh, for a very low monthly fee, $99, $299, or $499 a month. Um, and so we're, we're very, very excited about this. The early data uh, customer feedback has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really complimentary to our, to our loan business because mm-hmm. every time a business owner comes to us, we're already pulling their bank data. We're already looking at their financials. We already know, you know whether they're in a good spot to get a loan. Now we can come back to them with, hey, here's a free tool to help you manage your cash. And if you need help managing your financials, we can offer that as well. Wow. Um, so we're excited about the way those, you know, and if, if, you're, if you're using our cash flow tool, you'll also be able to be, get pre-qualified for a loan. Mm-hmm. And then if you need our loan, you can get, you know, use the cash flow tool. So they, they kind of hopefully a one plus one equals three scenario. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been part of a scoop on one of my webcasts. So yeah, there you, you go. Wow, this is fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing this. Maybe one last question for you too, because obviously your company is growing. And, and one of the things that uh, we sometimes see as companies grow is when you're small and scrappy, everybody feels like an entrepreneur. Everybody can feel like an innovator. And it's, it's, it's easier, let's say, to start with that culture of, experiment and learn but as companies grow then suddenly we're putting in different sorts of processes to protect us to protect employees to to make sure we're doing things in the right way and you can lose that entrepreneurial spirit so as a ceo of a growth company how do you help new employees feel that they're part of being an innovation environment how do you keep that 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 feeling going yeah, um, as I mentioned before, I, you know, we have this mentality here that you're the CEO of your job. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want people, we don't want anyone, uh, we don't like the idea of anyone being micromanaged. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want people to take ownership. Mm-hmm. We want them to, you know, when, in our new on, employee onboarding, we talk, I talk a lot about like, sometimes you might come in and you might say, why do we do this that way? Mm-hmm. And the answer may be, I don't know, because that's the way we've been doing it since day one. Like, and, that, and that's not a good reason. It's just, you know, we fell into that. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's great if you see that and ask the question and, and you, you have the opportunity to say, well, let's figure out a different way or a better way and yeah. let's solve that. Yeah. Um, and so be the CEO of your job. Take ownership. Don't be afraid to to mm-hmm. make mistakes and push the limits and mm-hmm. and it's and it's hard you know there's some positions that are more innovative and entrepreneurial than others 
but um, you know, that's the way we talk about it here internally at Lendio is, is be the CEO of your job. Yeah. Wow. I, I love it. it. It just reminds me of that phrase from Grace Hopper, you know, the most dangerous phrase in the English language is we've always done it that way. So right. your willingness to question that, but more importantly, to give your employees the autonomy to question why they do things, I think is really powerful. Brock Blake, yeah. th thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for the scoop on your, <laughs> You're new, welcome. your new acquisition. And thank you so much for sharing the perspective from the CEO's office, not something we get all the time. So I very much appreciate your contribution to our webcast series. My pleasure. Thanks, Marilyn, for having me. Really enjoyed it. You're very welcome.